Hi everyone and welcome to episode 26 of the Free Good Podcast. Hope your weekend is going to be a good one ahead of you. Uh, I'm recording this on uh, Friday and this evening I'm going to be heading out to go and watch Captain Marvel which I'm pretty excited about. Ahead of that though I've got my Galaxy Sam- Samsung Galaxy S10 arriving in about half an hour so if I have to interrupt this recording it's because of a very good reason that I'm about to receive a new phone and I'm pretty excited by it. Uh, but otherwise what's been going on for me um, the not a lot really not since the last episode there's uh, it's been a, a pretty interesting week at work getting involved in some uh, new projects which will help me to continue to grow and think about what I do in good and interesting ways and uh, and otherwise let's let's kind of get on with it so in today's episode uh, I've got a guest, uh, new guest on the show, David D'Souza. Hi, David. Hello. How are you? I, I'm fine. I realised you wanted me to say more than the word <laughs> hello. So I'm good. Thank you, Tick. I'm very good indeed. Uh, it's, it's a great day in London, but I'm looking forward to being cheered by your conversation. Yeah, it started off really nice over here in Epping, and it was really nice and sunny, and then as cloud cover, and I'm afraid it's going to piss it down later. And I hope it doesn't. But anyway, such is London weather. Well, such is British weather, at least anyway. So today, um, I'm asking David to uh, talk about the topic of humility in the modern age. And uh, this might sound like it sits separately to what we normally talk about on the show. So normally I talk about all things to do with positive psychology, resilience, mental health, well-being. Uh, emotional intelligence and uh, sometimes we uh, I think it's interesting to just go off piece a bit and start to think about other things that impact us on a regular day-to-day basis so I, I don't know where we're going to go with this conversation I haven't really briefed David on anything I haven't really set up any questions or anything it's quite a broad topic in terms of what do we what do we think humility means and why why am I why am I interested in talking about this in the modern age kind of piece uh, so I guess, David, what are your kind of initial thoughts on what, the, why, 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 why do you think we need to talk about this topic? Um, well, we, we need to talk about it because we've got about half an hour to go to. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's the key component. Of it. I think it, humility is a really interesting concept in the modern age because I think um, it, it's almost intertwined with our concept of confidence and we know that actually confidence um, makes a difference to people's lives and people's careers yeah. so I think humility and self-worth get tangled up in a really interesting way so the, the dictionary definition of humility is the quality of having a modest or low view of one's importance mm. um, and I think that's a really interesting um, kind of position to be because uh, I, I always think that one of the reasons that people sometimes fail is because they are too humble. Right. But one of the reasons that people fail is that they don't have enough humility. So there's kind of, you know, an Aristotelian golden mean that sits somewhere in the middle, which, which is having confidence in your own capability, but also an understanding of the limits of that at the same time. And I think all too often people sit either side of that line and there's a cost to sitting either, either side of that line that, that's um, incurred in all walks of life. Yeah. 
And uh, thank you for searching out the um, dictionary definition of humility as well. It's always helpful to. I I, I googled it whilst we're on the phone, <laughs> so you know, it's a, it's a cheap trick, but it, it's worked in a thousand training sessions up to now. So exactly, it's a good place to be able to work from for sure. And I I think what's really interesting about um, this topic for me as well is that it seems that certainly through the media <clears throat> and a lot of what we of what is shared in social media as well through people's personal profiles is that there's there's a real need to have to show confidence and to have to show success and when we try and talk about failure or when we try and talk about you know lessons learned or uh, anything else around those kind of topics there there's an acceptance from one part of the population who will advocate and say, yeah, totally. We, we kind of see that there's a need to work and live in those ways. And there's another part of the world who will kind of look at that stuff and go, but that just shows weakness. That just shows how poorly things are done. And, you know, why do you want to fail? And, uh, you know, what's the value in that? You should be only thinking about success and everything you can do and how everything is awesome. To quote, a, I think it popular film everything is awesome I, I, it's a really complex mix and uh, we're talking about this we're recording this on international women's day yes um, and I, I guess an interesting thing would be thinking about how it shows up during recruitment processes mm. so um you know there's there's a bank of research of just people read the y-axis by uri nizi which is a fantastic book um kind of on uh, gender difference uh, but also um on broader discrimination from an economic point of view and um, we know that actually you know, there's a link between humility and confidence. So, you know, the 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 inclination of men to apply for a job confident mm -hmm. yeah. that they will get it, whereas women will maybe identify that there are a couple of the key skills that they don't have, so decline to interview it. We know that there's a you know there's a cost to humility that's born in everyday life, and mm -hmm. um, and that's a really interesting concept. But also, the, I mean, a personal observation would be, um, it's easier to recognise failure the more successful you are. Um, so, you know, I've right. reached a point in my career where were I to go for an interview, I, I would be able to talk confidently about the things that I've done well, the things that I've done less well. Yeah. But had I done that in the very first interview I had, <laughs> when I'm not very good at these <laughs> things, I, one, I'm not sure I would have had the confidence, but secondly, I'm not sure the system around me would have supported or rewarded that behavior. Yeah. So what you're seeing increasingly is, you know, we get excited when we see people online being vulnerable, but actually it's really easy to be vulnerable when you have got you know, adulation or thousands of followers or millions of followers around you going, right. wow, you're so authentic. Yeah. It's more authentic is being able to do it when you're in a situation that doesn't reward that behavior. Mm. Um, and as, as I say, I think the, the concepts of confidence and humility are, are really tightly packed in together. Yeah. And that's, that's maybe not right, but I think it's probably a, a reality of modern living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the... Um, one of the things that you just mentioned there, which I hadn't considered in an economic sense before, is the impact of women not applying for roles because they feel that they can't because they don't fully see that they might be able to fulfill the job role. And and therefore we lose on the diversity just through a natural part of the current system. And you know, as much as we might be trying to raise awareness of how uh, we can improve the recruitment process and what have you that just that even fundamental aspect of how do we help 
um, well, I don't know what the right words are here. Um, how do we ensure that women can uh, feel confident to apply even if they only meet um, you know, 60, 70 percent of the JD in the same way that men do? And that's a, that's a really interesting piece. And I, I don't want to get into a whole recruitment conversation, but it's just a, it's a very interesting piece that there is an econ economic impact on that just from the structures, just from the way that things are already set up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I spoke to an exec headhunter about this um, probably about 18 months ago. Yeah. And their reflection was, um, it was a really interesting one. He, he, he said, if, if he calls a man about a new position, uh, first or second call, he'll normally get a bite and you know he'll be able to persuade them to jump ship. Right. Um, if for, He said, on average, he thinks it probably takes six or seven calls uh, to convince um, a woman. Um, and again, also on average, that won't be the case you know, for, for every person. Sure. But he said, you know, that's 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 a markedly different thing. But it's a markedly different effort that will be needed on his part. Yeah. So, and if you think about the length of the recruitment process and how quickly people are trying to fill a vacancy, um, his quickest way of populating a shortlist will be through people that come back to him pretty quickly and go, yeah, I could do this. Right. Whereas actually, if if you're humble and you go, you know, I want, and it again, I'd say humility and confidence separate things but probably you know close bedfellows yeah um if, if, if you want to take a month to reflect on whether you really could do the job to what extent does the system that we're in respect to that yeah does it respect the person who is either bold or makes over claims so the opposite of humility is obviously you know making claims about things that you're not capable of doing mm. or being overconfident um and actually we know that we probably reward that all too often uh, within the system so yeah, I, I think it's an intriguing time to be alive. Yeah, well, it really is. And um, the, it's the confidence piece, which I, I think not troubles me as such. It's, it's more about, you know, where, where along the way do we start to lose the... Uh, and there is, uh, there is a balance here, I guess. Uh, where, you know, where along the way do we start to lose the balance of, you know what, it's okay to turn around and say, um, I can do that job, but I'm not going to put myself forward for it. I'd rather someone else in the system was put forward for that opportunity and you know be that the organizational system be that within i don't know stepping forward to be a, a conference speaker or something or being a leader of a free world you know there's there's different things there's different ways that we can um, enable that level of humility to be able to say that's just not for me today that's not where i need to go with my life against um, I'm totally the right person for that. If I don't go for this, then I'm letting everybody else down, not letting myself down, because I already know I can do the job. You know, there's 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 a real interesting way, and, I, and I'm sure there's lots of, you know, obviously there is, there's lots of variation and nuance in between that. But there's, there's for me, it, I'm, I'm really curious as to where do we start to lose that sense of uh, being humble is a good virtue and something we can practice as a human against um, my self-worth is uh, it has has greater importance and that's what I need to fulfill in my life I, I, I think and I've presented that as a binary thing I, and I know I, it's not a binary thing I, I think you've done a wonderful job presenting it as a binary thing <laughs> I think um, I, I think for me it's possible to be confident and humble at the same time yeah. So it, it's, and I, th I actually think it's inextricably linked to the concept of lifelong learning. Yeah. So, right. You know, if if you assume that there are things that you can gain from other people, if you assume that actually there, are, you know, 
you aren't the best at everything, but there's always an opportunity to learn from people. But you reconcile that with what can sometimes seem contradictory with confidence in your own capability and the understanding of your own strengths. That's a really, I think, well, for me, that's a healthy place to be. Mm. So what I find really interesting is um, uh, you and I are both uh, online quite a bit and we'll chat. Um, and I, I will occasionally have people just describe me as arrogant because right. I've held a line and they've gone, oh, you, don't, you didn't want to hear this. And it's like, actually, I've thought it through and I've spent quite a lot of time on that. You just won't see it because you don't get to see the thinking on Twitter. Yes. Um, and there's only so much time I can yeah. put into it. But actually, you know, it's not arrogant of me to have this position. It's relatively well-researched in the arguments that you're putting forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I have reviewed and considered in a mindful way. Yeah. Um, and you, you need to have that balance. I think it's the same with leading teams. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, you know, where do you need to be humble enough to go, actually, look, the group is going to have a better view of this than I am because mm-hmm. there are gaps in my knowledge versus where do you need to step forward and go, actually, look, I, I am capable enough and experienced enough to make a judgment on this and expedite it for the organization. Yeah. I think that there's always that really interesting tension between the two. I think to your point around should people step back from opportunities and let other people uh, step into that space? Um, possibly. I, you know, I've, I've certainly, I've passed those opportunities and been really mindful over, you know, particularly speaking things like that, mindful over the people that I've passed them on to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'll get a media interview, but I'll, I'll go, actually, you've already spoken to three men. Why don't you speak to... You know, so, so let's get breakfast right. easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I think there's a there's a role that you can, without denying opportunities to yourself, there's a role that you can play as an ally, which is to boost the confidence of people around you or people that you come into contact with. Yeah. To make sure that that humility, they're, they're not having a humility penalty. Yeah, um, yeah. And they're actually, they're confident and recognize their own capabilities and therefore aren't getting prejudiced in the market for that. Mm. Um, and certainly I, I know that uh, when I first started off consulting, um, Julie Driver, who may or may not get to listen to this, mm. you know, we, we went, I, she was fantastic with me because she basically went, you're undervaluing your own skills right. capability in the market, and this is how much you should be charging. I didn't have the confidence to do that without someone else stepping yes. into my space. And going, actually, you know, you're, you're, you're okay at this stuff. It's okay for you to do that. And I think the more people that we do that for, the more benefit there is in people being confident enough to get paid what they're worth, yeah. to have the respect that they're worth, and to, to own their own skills. And I think there's a real difference between that. I own and understand my own skills, mm-hmm. and I'm arrogant. Because you can own your own skills, but also understand the limitations to them, which I think is the key. And um, so there's stuff that yeah. there's stuff that I know I could do in an organization in a generalist sense. Yeah. Yep, if you yep. asked me to if you asked me to head up a finance department, I'd just go, No, I'm I'm not qualified to do that. I'm not capable of doing that. <laughs> yeah, right. I yeah. know my limitations. Yeah. But I but we all know people from our careers yes. that would just go, Yeah, that's fine, I can do that because <laughs> yeah. I can do anything. And six months later you've got an accounting crisis on your hand. Right, yeah. So exactly. uh, yeah, I always think is that interesting, you know, there's that kind of people go, Oh no, you know, fake it till you make it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or just accept the work and learn as you go. Yeah. And I go, well, actually, you know, I, I, I sort of understand some of the bravado that sits behind that. Yeah. But I would certainly, for the people that I work with, would always far more respect someone go, 
actually, I'd like to work on that project because I could bring a lot to it that you probably don't understand. Because mm. that's a great thing to hear. Yeah. But also, you know, you've asked me to do this piece of work. Honestly, I don't know where to start. It's not, a, a, it's not expertise for me. Yeah. And that, to me, is that, like I say, honest, recon- honest and appropriate recognition of limitations and strengths is probably more helpful than either humility or overconfidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a it's a really interesting example you pick up on there where you have leaders who are often asked to step into positions that they might not be qualified to do and and yet there's a there's quite a high level of expectation that they're still going to achieve and uh, from a from that kind of organizational design and development perspective you and I um, spend a fair bit of time thinking and talking about this stuff it's you know, sometimes it might be the right choice, but only if that person has a genuine interest in what that world looks like and how it functions over, um, oh, I can provide great leadership and and I'm going to be the one to be able to motivate and inspire that team. Um, you know, again, there's a probably a, quite a healthy halfway house around that stuff somewhere, but it's that's often how we see things play out. And it's it's less common that we'll see people step forward and say, uh, you know what, that's a really great opportunity. But one, I'm not interested. Two, uh, the although I've got some great skill sets, it's not suited to that kind of role. And three, actually, I think there's somebody else in the organisation who should have that opportunity more than me. And it, I think, and again, ironically, it takes confidence to say that. It does, yeah, so absolutely. That, that, that can yeah. come from two places. It can come from misplaced humility or lack of confidence, yeah, or it can come from confidence in a different way. So I, I've certainly, you know, when I've been contacted by headhunters over the last year or so about different vacancies, I've written yeah. back to some of them going, you know, I wouldn't be interested in this role because I couldn't do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And, and here are all the reasons, and, and actually, you know, yeah. you need to think about who comes I, but again, I, I think I wouldn't have done that earlier in my career because my situation would have been different. I think yeah, we need to yeah, recognize yeah. sometimes the context is really different at different career stages. Yes. It's, it's fine for me to be really bold around my weaknesses. Yeah. It's probably more important for me to be able to create an environment where my teams feel it's okay to do that as well without thinking I'll never be able to progress my career if, if they know I'm not good at this. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. yeah. But if you don't recognize the gaps, you can't do the learning to fill the gaps. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's the key that when people see when people see a gap as either a final state yeah. that can't be addressed or a label that's going to be attached to them in perpetuity. Yes. They'll they'll never admit them. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't admit them, they can't develop. And if they can't develop, actually, that's that's costing the organisations they work in the upside, mm. um, and it's also costing them the potential of fulfilling their careers as well as they might. Mm. Yeah. And as you as you as you were talking through that, I was just trying to work through. Um, yeah, there's several different kind of relatively recent topics which have been made popular which I wonder how much do they play a part in some of this stuff as well. So things like um, Brené Brown's work on vulnerability and um, I'm going to forget the person this is attributed to, but the growth mindset work. Uh, yeah, so Carol Dweck. That's it, thank you. Yes, Carol Dweck. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, let's just stick with those two for now. Is, you know, there, there's stuff around, there's certainly 
quite um, quite clear work that both of those worlds of uh, thought have produced and those two particular leaders have produced and it's um, you know some of the stuff you were talking about there around how people can own up to what their vulnerabilities are in a safe environment without feeling that it's going to negatively affect them and there's not going to be a detriment to their career or to them personally or whatever that looks like uh, as well as being able to say and I recognize that there's an opportunity here for me to grow that I can learn some really great things and uh, that's going to be just as important as the skills I already have and what I already bring to the table. It's quite a nuanced and quite a complex set of conversations to be able to have around that stuff though because there's, there's several layers of things that you're having to deal with. One is what is my self-worth? One is what are my strengths? Uh, one is do I do I recognize where my gaps are and I, uh, and then related to that am I willing enough to be able to share that in a way which is healthy for me you and everyone that's around me as part of this um, and I'm sure there's some other things in there as well it's, it's quite complex this stuff this humility thing it, it is but you know there's there's a lovely uh, it was a Warren Buffett quote um, and, and he said, um, you know, he talked about your internal scorecard mm. um, and actually that being more important than the external scorecard or, or the way he framed it. Because at the time he wasn't, um, there, there were kind of rumors that his company Berkshire Hathaway wasn't doing as well as it might do. Right. And he said, I'd rather, I'd rather be one of the richest men in the world and everyone think I'm stupid than, be, <laughs> than not be successful and have everyone think that I'm great. Right. And, and this, this, this kind of, uh, I've toyed over the years with yeah. to what extent is me holding my confidence as an individual and my own capability allied to is that close to arrogance yeah, yeah how yeah. many external yeah, right how many external touch points do you need for that yeah versus actually if if you, all you're reliant on is the opinions of the people around you that's that's a very fickle and traumatic environment <laughs> and it will very much yeah. depend on perceptions so I mean, the only thing I would urge people to do is to, to genuinely seek out and reflect on the data points that they have mm. and get colleagues, peers, people that they trust to challenge those. So, you know, I certainly know a turning point for my career was mm. getting uh, Inju Diducci, who may, who may or may not be listening to this, probably not. <laughs> um, but she was pivotal in my career. She genuinely sat me down one day when I was working for her in a really junior role. Yeah. And when you and literally the opening to the conversation was you do realise you're abnormally clever. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I know I'm quite smart. And she was like, no, you're really abnormally clever. And until you understand that, you won't understand your impact on other people. You won't make the most of, most of your career and you won't actually deliver what you can do for other people. And I was like, well, I know I'm quite. And she was like, no, no, not quite. Stop having qualified. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> you're really smart. That makes you different to other people, but that also gives you different obligations and different things you need to understand. Right. And actually, that was a turning point in my career. In that, actually, from that point, the ability to go, you know, if someone says, what do you bring to a team? I go, actually, I am normally, on average, one of the smartest people in the room, and I have exceptional critical thinking skills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I may, at times, be more direct for people's tastes, more abrasive mm. for people's tastes, but I also know I really care about my people. Mm. And I know that, you know, I can tell when I've upset someone and I will make that right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, over time, I have learned those strengths and weaknesses. I can see a system really well yeah. and understand that system and step back from it and understand what we need to do. I'm hopelessly disorganized. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I'm clear on those strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm remarkably relaxed, but that means occasionally someone will be like, you do realize your shirt's hanging out and you have to meet this person. I'll be like, oh, cool, I'll tuck my shirt in. Right, um, yeah. <clears throat> but I understand that primarily because I've sought out those data points throughout my career and I've yeah, 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 them with yeah. my teams uh, yeah. at different points. And there's a lovely concept that I have seen recently of people writing user manuals for themselves. And can really? I, like, if you want to work with me, <laughs> yeah, if you want to work with me, this is what I'm like. Um, oh, I, and I put out yeah, okay. I put out a recruitment advert a couple of years ago. I remember it. Yeah, yeah, went, like, yeah. yeah, I'm really grumpy before lunch. Yeah, because I am. Like, and my team understand that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that's a very niche failure. But I genuinely think I, I'm speaking at a conference tomorrow, and I won't name the person, although they've been really open on Twitter. Yeah, they um they are going to have a startlingly good career. They're already a really valued um actually mentor and guide and role model for other people. Okay. And But they still see themselves as quite junior in the profession, which I think is uh, unfair, or, or actually they didn't recognize where they were prior. Yeah. Okay. Um, and th they came out and they thanked uh, a group of people for inspiring them to have the confidence to go up on stage. Mm. They should never have not had that confidence because they are awesome. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I guess one of the things that, like, I'll go back to that point around, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to step away from opportunities but you do think about what opportunities you can create for others yes and i think that's possibly the responsibility of good allies it's not everyone yeah, yeah. stepping away from jobs or speaking opportunities or things like that but it's about stepping back and thinking about the balance yeah. of the system but also thinking about what can you do to give the right people the right hand up and mm -hmm. um, and thinking about the disproportionate impact you can have in that space as well mm. um, and and ironically one of the things that allows you to do that is is confidence. <laughs> it is the ability to go, actually, I have some agency here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use it for. Yeah. Whereas if you don't have that confidence, or you're overly humble, you feel a component part. There's that bit at the start of The Departed, which is a wonderful movie. It's a great uh, movie. And the opening, the opening line, I think, is um, most people are a product of their environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Yeah. And I would say down to, because we, we kind of strayed, I suppose, into, you know, topics of, you know, equality and fairness. Mm. We have some agency. And if the people that have managed to reach a point where they have more agency than others can use that to bolster other people's confidence and opportunity, that, that can only be a good thing. And it's a nuanced topic and it's a complex topic and it's the kind of topic as soon as you start speaking about equality and inclusion, mm -hmm. it's very difficult to say the right thing for everyone it the is. whole time yeah. because it's really emotive, because it deals with people's identity and it deals with notions like privilege and fairness yeah, and, yeah. and things that cut right to the core of society. But I think you know, within this humility piece, if you're so humble that actually you're not offering up everything that you could do or you're missing out on opportunities that you're entitled to, that's counterproductive. But I would go the other way and say, you know, if you're so confident that you are valuing your skills at a level they aren't, worryingly, the market doesn't recognise those two things very well. No, it which doesn't. Is why, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is why overconfident muppets <laughs> all too often end up in senior positions, whilst yeah. the smart, capable people that are a bit quieter in the background are sitting there marvelling at the idiocy of the system. Right. Yeah, the and system it's been, needs to get better, but yeah, we need to help within that. And yeah, and then the other thing that comes to mind when, when you mention that is that 
you know, if we just look around us in kind of British society, certainly, we can really see, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to um, do a broad brush kind of comments here, but we can really see that there, there is a, there is a very real tangible thing around the British stiff upper lip and um, humility being a strong part of that as well, where we don't like to shout about ourselves. We don't like to talk highly about the skill sets that we bring. And yet at the same time, we see kind of in the sphere of politics and what have you, that there are people who have put themselves forward to be the representatives of the people who um, in objective ways, you would turn your head and look at those individuals and go, I really don't know like I can, I understand why you believe you have the capability to be here, but actually your value to um, the uh, political system is quite low, and it seems that there's no, there's nothing more than just your level of arrogance and confidence, which is, which has enabled you to get to that position, and your level of humility is quite markedly away from that, and it's. Uh, yeah, so that was just my reflection on what you were just describing there about. What, uh, about well, so uh, it's, it's it's kind of Dunning Kruger uh, writ large, isn't it? So it's that yeah, concept yeah. that the the smartest people are more likely to be aware of the gaps, uh, and it's the ones kind of a, a tiered down from that, uh, or to use Trump's words about himself, a very stable genius. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's 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 actually the people who probably see less of the playing field are less aware of the gaps. Yeah. Um, and. If, you, if that then gives rise to a false level of confidence, um, you know, above average bias would be kind of the other thing coming into play there. Mm. If we're talking kind of levels of, uh, you know, cognitive complexity. Yeah, if that then yeah. gives rise to people who are less capable of being more confident, but we know that we respond well to confident tones. Yes. Uh, I remember yeah, Peter yeah. Research, it's sloppy coming on your podcast and not being able to quote the originator. It's all right. But, you know, we, we, but we are, we are more likely to, the first person that speaks in a, conf, in a, in a group situation, um, we will respect more as a leader. So that, that kind of first voice that's confident to, to go and speak. Yes. Um, right. and, and it's no different to that. I think that, again, writ large on society, the people that put themselves forward, that yeah, speak confidently, yeah, that true. go, I can solve this for you. Yeah. We're not good at we're not good at discovering MPs that don't put themselves forward, but would be great at it. What we deal with oh, is the yeah. ones that self-select. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. and it, again, humility, humility doesn't, if you think the entire political system is almost anti-humble. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. In, it, I, I think it can, in its purest form, uh, it can suit people with a, with a real service bias. So yes. I think that's really healthy. Yes. Um, but, at its root, you have to stand up at hustings and explain why you're better than the other person. Right, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't suit people who naturally incline towards humility. No. Yeah, it's fascinating. And, you know, um, the, the, some of the other pieces that you were talking about just before around the, the way that this starts to feed into some of the more fundamental aspects of how we treat each other and how we think about the way that we act um, inclusively and that we provide fairness for people you know a, a fair chunk of that is is very much driven by the values that we are taught and the way that we are uh, expect you know that our families and society and education all those kind of different systems the way that they reinforce or not what humility is so yesterday as an example I was saying to my kids that um, 
uh, we're going to do some chat. We're going to do some charity donations today, and it's their choice as to which individual charities they wanted to be able to do that to before. And and they chose some really nice charities. Um, my daughter chose uh, to donate a turtle, and uh, through the WWF. And my two sons, uh, one chose uh, Cancer Research UK, and the other one chose uh, what did he choose? I don't know the answer to that question. I'm going to have to think about it. Uh, I put it on Twitter it? last night as well. But um, anyway, it, oh, Water Aid, that's what it was. And around, and but I didn't just say to them, this is what we're going to do. I tried to also provide an explanation as to why, in that there's a there's a level of charity that I think if we can, uh, if my children can start to understand that, if you're in a privileged position to be able to provide charity and do charity for others then then that's a good thing that's a good virtue to be able to cultivate and to be able to have and for the rest of the evening all i heard from my daughter was i donated a turtle i'm so excited like i didn't really think it was going to be that exciting an activity but clearly it has been for her and i'm i'm excited for her that has been so uh, affirming for her that she's been able to do that but it's there's something about that kind of act of humility and charity there that I wonder, you know, is. Um... Well, I, I think we talked about uh, it's about humility and the link to confidence. I think one of the yes. interesting things is humility and the link to entitlement, which is closely right. linked to yes. sense of privilege. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I know that some people find uh, notionally privilege a, a difficult concept. Mm. Um, I, I just think you need to hang out with it a bit. Um, but you know, one one of the you know one of the things that I accept in my career was that if I'd ended up with a darker skin tone, it would have been disproportionately harder for me to progress right. in my career. Yeah, uh, I was really lucky. Uh, my skin was a lot darker um, when I was younger. Mm. Uh, when I was in school, I was obviously different to the other kids mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh now uh, possibly because i'm so worn out the entire time um i, I have probably um, a name that's a a signifier that i'm not a you know i'm not a smith or a jones yeah um but apart from that actually i'm very congruent with what you might expect to be produced by the english school system yeah right so, you know from that point but i accept that there are a number of things that benefit so the place where i grew up yeah, benefits me. My yes. my parents stayed together. Yeah. That benefited me in terms of stability. I had access to a good education. That benefits me. Yeah. The colour of my skin and my name all put me together with my um with my sexual preference mm. and um my gender. They, they all add up to statistically I'm more likely to catch a break than yeah. other people most of the time. Yeah. So I, I sit here doing my That's job. It's a good explanation of privilege. Aware that Thank you. Well, I, I think my day aware that statistically I've had it easier than someone else would, and therefore statistically it's likely that there's someone better out there right. who could have done my job or had my career. Yeah. Um, and I'm just lucky to have it from that point of view. Does yeah. that make sense? And then, yeah. and then you've got a choice about what you do with it when you do have it. Yeah. Um, but I, I need to accept that whilst you know what we're taught to do is go, oh, you've worked hard for it, therefore, and therefore you're yours. entitled to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I always think, like the the ultimate, like the ultimate way of co doing that comparison is: do, do we honestly think people are starving in Africa, um, 
or certain parts of Africa, just to make sure they're being treated like an entire country. Yes. So certain parts of Africa, do we think people are starving because, what, they didn't try hard enough? Yeah, yeah. They didn't apply right, hard exactly. enough? It's, got, yeah, 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 yeah. it's ridiculous. If you take it to its logical level, yes. we know that some people have some advantages that other people aren't open to. It doesn't mean you haven't worked hard, right. but it does mean that actually the statistical chance of you succeeding is far and above people who were born in a different place or with different traits and we, yeah, yeah. like you just got to suck that up and that goes back to the, the humility bit every day i come into work and i know that i'm probably not the best person for this job right <laughs> so all i can do is do, all i can do is the best that i can with the job um, and try and influence things for the better but that's my starting point but arguably um, if you're still in the job then you must be doing something right to keep it um I, Again, is, is what you might try and tell yourself to make you feel better. But mm. it doesn't mean I'm not better than okay. you know, <laughs> okay. the, the person that didn't catch a break earlier in their career to get here. Mm -hmm. Does it? Or the person that, you know, so I went to uh, a grammar school in the southeast of England. Yeah. Right? So I got a really good education that my parents didn't have to pay for. Yeah. If, I, if I was born in a different part of the country, wouldn't have had access to that. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no doubt that my education has supported me throughout my career. So again, yes, there's like yes. it's literally, you know, it's it's a toss of the dice. Mm. It's not about people's worth. And when we mix those two things up, or we try and make ourselves feel better, or we even offer apologetic words in that space mm. to try and, you know, to, to try and sate people's egos. Like, so so when I explain this to people, they go, oh no, but you are good at your job, and it's like, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. The point is, there's probably somebody's. <laughs> Statistically, there's probably someone who's better who hasn't got it, and that's what inequality looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. We, we spend far too much time trying to convince ourselves that we deserve what we've got, rather than recognising the fact that it's a fundamentally unequal playing field. Um, and, and possibly because that goes down to ego. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yes. And then, yeah, the, and I, I like that you brought up that it is around entitlement that a lot of this it sits around because and that's the piece which I often struggle with is when people feel entitled that they that's when a lot of arguments and I think it's where we see a lot of really poor online behavior is that it's it's because people feel well you know in in, in very many different ways they're benefiting from the system yeah, you saw all of that privilege yeah. that you just spoke about. And when there's a discussion to be had about the way that that system benefits different populations in different ways, you don't want that. It, there's, a, there's almost a threat or a sense of threat that that's going to be taken away from you. And that's quite, and that raises quite strong um, defenses in us. To, to not want to potentially lose any of that. Whereas I think the um, longer or the, the kind of um, healthier way to, act, to accept and think about that is one, to be able to just accept it. So yes, this is a reality of stuff. And that you're not likely, you're not gonna end up losing your privileges. That's just not gonna happen. The way society is set up in, uh, to benefit some more than others, in the main, that's probably going to continue. And in the main, you're probably still going to benefit from that stuff. What we're just trying to advocate for in a lot of different ways is a more equal and fair system so that more people have access to the same level of privilege without having to unduly 
go through barriers that others don't experience? I'll be more bullish. I, I think you're right. It, tr- it triggers a threat response from people yes because they like to think that they deserve everything that they have exactly and they get worried about it being taken away but actually i think that the education piece that needs to happen isn't don't worry it's probably not going to change that fast so you'll it probably won't impact you that much yeah it should be like it's a question of do you believe in fairness yeah do you believe we should strive for a society where actually it's a, a level playing field yeah, there may be consequences. It may be that the next generation of kids that go to my school don't automatically end up populating, you know, all of the establishment of this country. Mm. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> and I think, we, I think we need to go and recognize that. I spoke at a conference, like, no word of a lie, I spoke at a conference about six months ago. And uh, two of the other people speaking on the conference bill were not only from my school, they were from my <laughs> class in that school. At which point you just go like that, that's not chance. Like, I love you know that. what I mean. We've been yeah, yeah, yeah. we've been set up in a production line yes. to end up in that space. Yes, and it's happened that simply. Now all I can do is recognise that yeah. and go. It's luck of the draw that I've had that opportunity. Of course, I should try and make the most of that opportunity. Yeah. But I should also fundamentally recognise that in the same way that if your bank paid you out an extra thousand pounds, it's not really your money. Mm. right so it doesn't mean you haven't worked hard for the money that's in your account but that's not really your money that bit Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't then be having a conversation with people saying but don't worry you're probably not going to have to give the thousand pounds back Mm. you should be going well actually you know what normal have to people what normal people have to get by on is (laughs) not to the bonus thousand pounds yes yeah Um, exactly yeah let's create more of a level playing field a fair playing field here yeah so yeah i I think people need to you know I, i think if genuine allies need to be able to recognize one their advantages but two that those advantages may be under threat but that's due to a greater principle that is more important than their day-to-day circumstances yeah sure Um, and ironic and ironically you know when we're attempting to you know make people less worried they're normally at the top of the pyramid anyway oh yes <laughs> do, 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 do you know what? I, 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 I somewhat feel uncomfortable with an argument that we need to make the elite more comfortable with maybe taking the edge off it <laughs> to have a broader and fairer face yeah. and, a, and a better system in the future and I, I just think that's the wrong place to get yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. a number of reasons that we talked about kind of over the last uh, hour or so mm. I, I just think you know, we need to resolve that. You know, there are systemic unfairnesses that we should be challenging and seeking to eradicate. Yes. And then, then we're in a really different space. There will necessarily be a trade-off in some ways. Mm. I think there'll be benefits as well because we're certainly not making the most of our talent. Mm, we're not making right, the most exactly. of our capability. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if what we're saying is, you know, we have far too many incapable leaders because we're picking them not based on genuine merit, we're picking them on background or confidence. Yeah. I, and and, and I, I tell you what, if you go to some of the some of the more elite schools that you can only afford to get into if your parents pay for you, you come out with an awful lot of confidence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. And, and then you look at the crossover into politics there. Yeah. And you go, well, yeah, you know, it's really different. Uh, you know, I, my school, again, I didn't go to a fee-paying school. I went to um, a subsidized grammar school. Yeah. Um, so the Worshipful Company of Skinners paid for my education. Um, and, 
like uh, we we started doing debating classes at 12. Right. Like that, that, you know, and like at 16, I was in the Oxford Union in like national debating competition. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's an exception. That's an exceptional advantage that most schools don't offer. Yeah. 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 You know what yeah, I mean? yeah very true. And yeah, once, I, right. once, once you understand that, you go, well, how much better prepared am I for the world of work? Yes. And for being confident in a board meeting or right. being confident, you know, striking an argument and constructing it. Yeah. I, I was basically like went through a little mini factory <laughs> to produce people <laughs> that, that run the world's evil institutions. That's yeah. kind of like, and I, 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 I need to accept to name that. And it's a lovely school in other ways. So if anyone's listening to my school, I'm not having a pet at this school. But, you know, we have a, a disproportionate amount of the army, the media, the yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. service. Yeah. The, the mechanics of this world come from schools like mine but even more they come from schools where you know i got in it was old school i got in due to 11 plus results and mm. um, but there are schools where you simply just pay to go there and you get polished yeah uh, and you learn all the right things to say and you make all the connections at school yeah with the people who are going to go on to be successful and that's your life and until we're able to recognize that that's a fundamentally bad way as a society of weighing up talent, capability, and effort, and rewarding and recognizing it, will keep repeating those mistakes. Uh, and again, I've got nothing against the people that go to those schools. That's not the point. No, exactly. The point is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the point is it's the way the system is, is it a, Yeah, is it yeah. an effective weighing mechanism from that point onwards? Yeah, it's yeah. not animus. It doesn't need to come from a point of animus or jealousy, and I think that's really important for people to acknowledge. Mm. It's not jealousy driving this. Right. It's just a, it's not even a good way to run a society. If you don't step back, <laughs> yeah. that's not the way you want it to happen. Um, and the only people that would probably be supportive of it working that way would be the people at the very top who benefited already and like to think that that's due to their effort, skill, destiny, whatever it looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, we, we shouldn't allow ourselves that excuse that somehow we deserve it more because I think that's the very definition of privilege. Well, the it, oh, that other God, people it, don't have these things. Yeah. yeah and I absolutely it's agree. Better. Yeah, and it's, it's that sense of, it is that sense of privilege and that entitlement that often prevents, uh, often prevents people from uh, wanting to accept that humility is a virtue that they can uphold um, is because they, um, well, as we've already been talking about, right? It it just it creates such a sense of this is right for me. This is my self worth is all those things, and it's only right that I continue to benefit from all of that. And I don't want to have to create a level playing field. It's uh, yeah, fascinating stuff. It's um, a wide ranging conversation, isn't it? I'm well, it sure really is. Where you thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and you know, partly that's why I wanted to have this conversation, right? I think it's. I don't think it's a conversation we're having enough of in um, in kind of wider circles. You know, I think it's there's a there's a there's a meta level of thinking about things happening in society, which is worth taking the time to be able to genuinely explore. And that's why I wanted to be able to have this conversation is I believe that humility is one of those concepts which readily just gets uh, overlooked and dismissed as something which has uh, inherent value to it 
and clearly that's my bias as well, right? I, I think it's a good value. I think it's good virtue to have. Uh, you know, as a Sikh, we're taught to be humble as well. You know, so there's, there's several layers there, which I already acknowledge that I'm bringing to the conversation. Uh, and at the same time, you see all you see a lot of the injustice and level of unfair behavior happening in society. And a certain level of that, I think, is due to how we think about humility and how we choose to act uh, based on our thinking around that. So, uh, so I really appreciate the conversation, David. It's been a really, really good exploration. And uh, I'm also mindful that we haven't really provided any kind of answers or solutions, but I don't, I genuinely don't think it's an easy one to be able to do in a kind of, you know, we've only just started to talk about it. It takes, you know, philosophers spend an inordinate amount of time trying to work their way through this stuff. Econom economists try and, uh, you know, theorize about the different ways that we can make more, a more fair society and what have you. So it's, uh, I, I think the conversation is just as important as all the work that is also going on out there. Yeah, well, I think we'd be overly confident to say we'd, <laughs> we have the answers. <laughs> I, I, I think what's really interesting is, uh, so a part of my job is jumping up on stage and telling people about stuff, yeah. you know, like doing the whole speaker thing. Um, and what I always start off with is, is just going, look, I don't know the answers. Right. I, my, my, my job is to help you think maybe harder, help you think in different angles that you haven't done before, but take those thoughts away and process them yourself. And that to me is, again, to, that balance between confidence and humility. I'm like, you know, look, I know enough about some of these things to probably provide you with some information that will trigger some thoughts. Mm. But I'm not telling you I know the answers because I'm not confident in that and I'll be lying to you yes. or, or yes. overly confident or brash if I went, here are the things that you need to do. Yeah, and right. I, I think, again, uh, to come back to it, that's how you can inhabit that space of being confident but also retaining that kind of understanding of your limitations. Yeah, yeah. Be confident enough to call out call out your limitations to others mm. and i think particularly with some of the topics we've been talking about here which are really sensitive mm. I, i've sat down with people from different backgrounds and just gone look i'm probably going to say the wrong thing i'm right. probably going to get yes. tied yeah I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to like approach but i'm really curious and i'd like to know and i want to understand more and if you can respect that we can have a conversation yeah right, and, right, right. and and so far no one's done anything except respected the intent that sits behind it nice um, and, and yeah, we, we've got to find ways to bridge into some of these tougher conversations without it turning into people trying to spot the next person who's going to go wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Well, um, I think I'm going to say uh, thank you there. And uh, I have no real wrap up to this, just that I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, I'm going to uh, let people like Inji and Julie know that we've that uh, we have mentioned them on the on the podcast, so we'll encourage them to come in and listen. Uh, and uh, and otherwise, uh, I think I'm just going to close off there, actually, folks. So thank you very much for listening to the episode. Uh, as as ever, if you uh, have thoughts on this, then do let David and I know. Uh, I'll put on the notes about how you can connect with both of us. Uh, otherwise, David, I hope you have a really good weekend ahead of you. You too, and thanks for having me on.